What's going on everyone? Welcome to another episode of After the Game, a conversation with me and my dad, where we talk about the Utah Jazz. My name is Spencer. Hey, and this is Barry the Dad on November 17th, 2022. This is a special edition of After the Game, dedicated to our son and brother, Sam McMullen, who's 24 years old today. So a big shout out to Sam, who is a big jazz fan, and his birthday today. And we thought we'd do an After the Game podcast not after the game. So Spencer, what do you use on your mind and uh, what kind of topics you want to talk about? So big uh, fun fact about Sam is he is actually, I think, 8-0 and o when he's at Jazz Games or something like at that. At Vivint Arena, yes. So we are now pining for him to get season tickets for free. So anybody that wants to donate tickets to Sam, you're guaranteed a Jazz win at home. So it might be worth the investment. Even though we probably just jinxed him right now, so... That's what we do. I feel like we jinxed ourselves last uh, last podcast. <laughs> okay. We came with a special where we said the Jazz of this year could beat the Jazz of last year, and then since then they've lost three in a row. Right. So I don't know anymore if the Jazz of this year can beat the Jazz last year. But let's talk a little bit about that. There's a lot being written. There's a lot being said, and we're adding on to both as we talk about the Jazz and their three-game losing streak. They went on the road and won a great game in Atlanta. Everyone was pumped went into Washington and, and uh, ran into Kyle Kuzma and the team there, and then ran into one of the greatest all-time individual performances in the history of the NBA, and that's no joke. Uh, when in, no, when um, Joel Embiid had 59 points, smattering of rebounds, assists, and blocks. He had five blocks in the fourth quarter to seal the victory there. Came home, thought we could regroup and get a win, and then ran into a spirited... New York Knicks team night before last on Tuesday of this week. Uh, and the Knicks beat us by six at home, our first home loss of the season. So, Spencer, these three games, time to hit the panic button? I kind of That seems to be the question, or not? I think that the Jazz looked like they were a step behind on every single one of their passes and all their decision-makings in the last couple of games. They seem to be running into the lane without a knowledge of how it was going to turn out, and that showed because they didn't, moved the ball well and had a lot of turnovers. And we didn't have big nights from our big players like Clarkson or Conley. Um, I think we're starting to fall into who the Jazz really are. What do you think? Uh, I'll, I'll buy that. I'm going to stay above the clouds and say that fatigue set in. Uh, we've had the most back-to-backs. We've played the most road games. And we've played the most games against opponents with a 500 record or better. And we're still 10 and six. So, yes, I believe we're starting to see who we really are, but quite frankly, who we really are might not be too bad. Um, we had yesterday off the 16th, today off the 17th, and we play the Phoenix Suns at home tomorrow night. They'll be coming off of a victory. I don't know if they played tonight, but they're coming off a victory last night against the Golden State Warriors at home, and they're one of the best teams in the West. I did like what you just said about the Jazz and their passing. We seem to get into the lane, and not only do we get into the lane, we seem to get underneath the basket and try to make passes that, if they truly were to be received, would be highlight reel passes. I'd like for us to get back to passing that is non-highlight reel passing and is the smart pass. What do you think? Yeah, we, we seem to move, move the ball really well at the beginning of the season. That's why we had a lot of good shots and a lot of made shots. It's hard, though, when players are not confident right now because they're missing a lot of shots for them to make the right decision, so they're throwing the ball away, and those turnovers are really hurting us. 
And then we just allow a lot of random players to have breakout nights. Well, not random players, but there's a lot of players out there that are having breakout nights. Sims for... Jericho Sims for the Knicks. Forget the stat line. His hustle was incredible. Going over the top of us to get rebounds, tipping the ball back out to his teammates. Um, Alley-oop dunks. uh, Just a Jericho Sims that I think he had a double-double his second of the season or his career. But he played really well. And then Jalen Brunson, all of us who were part of last year's playoff, had a little bit of PTSD watching Jalen Brunson just pick apart Conley in the fourth quarter. Not really against Mike, but others as well. Um, And win the game for the Knicks. So the Knicks went on and they beat Denver the next day. Yeah, last night, back-to-back. So they won by three points, and we were kind of hoping that they would (laughs) get blown out by Denver. I mean, obviously Jokic wasn't playing, so that... Makes it hard for uh, the Nuggets to play at their peak performance. I also think somebody else was sitting out that game, so they didn't have two of their starters. The MVP and I'm thinking one other player didn't play last night. Anyway, so they they lost this. So it's it's hard. And the question that we propose ourselves as Jazz fan, and maybe every Jazz player or, or every Jazz fan or maybe every fan of a team in general thinks this, do teams just hate the Jazz and do other <laughs> players just love beating up on us? What do you think? I think being a Jazz fan, you think that everybody hates us and everybody loves beating up on us. The reality is if we were an OKC fan, a Houston Rocket fan, a Sacramento King fan, we'd probably be thinking the same thing. One thing that we have to realize as Jazz fans, we are possibly number one. If not number one, we're in the top three in my mind, winningest NBA franchises over the last number of years. I think we forget that we have been winners We haven't been winners of NBA championships, but we've been winners of regular season games. And quite frankly, we've been winners in the playoffs or making the playoffs. So it's hard to say teams get up for us, teams want to beat us, uh, you know, woe is us. However, I do think that teams like to come in to the physical state of Utah and get out as quickly as possible. And while they're there, want to really beat up on us. What's surprising about the Knicks is there was a player the other day that said something that resonated with me. It's possibly one of the hardest one-two combinations on the road to play in Salt Lake City on one night and then in Denver the next night. So it was a back-to-back for the Knicks at high altitude, and they beat both the Jazz and the Nuggets. So you got to give it to the Knicks. Yeah, maybe the scoreline would have been different for us had they played the Nuggets first and then gone to the back-to-back against us and maybe we could have beat them. I kind of disagree with your statements. I think if you were to take a sample of each NBA player and give them four random teams and the Jazz in a, in a group and said, what team do you would you want to beat the most? And I guarantee you most NBA players would say, I'd rather just beat up on the Jazz. It just seems like we kind of have that, that label where teams don't like losing to us and they, they like to take advantage of Utah and, and beat up on us. But... I, I think the the Knicks they they played well because they realized that they were desperate and they needed a win just to, just for their own mental health as a team, and that's kind of how the Jazz have played the last couple of games. Each team they played have had something to prove, and now we go to play the Suns, who just came off a win against the uh, Warriors, and the Warriors have lost eight in the row, which is the first time a defending champ has lost eight in the row since the 98 season when the Bulls after the last dance. So when you say the Warriors have lost eight in a row. Or eight of their, or seven of their last 
eight games. Okay. I think. Or something yeah. Like that. Let's put it this way: they're three and seven. Oh uh, wait, 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 wait. They are six and nine, three and seven out of their last ten. So, yeah, that's the Golden State Warriors and the night and the Suns are six and four, and we're six and four in the last ten, as well. It's still early, sixteen games. I think we take this. If you would have, if I would have come to you at the start of the season and said, "Hey, listen, the Jazz rebuilding, traded away Gobert, O'Neal, Mitchell, Bogdanovich. Oh, but you'll be ten and six after the first sixteen games." Everybody would have said, "Sign me up." So it's still great to be a Jazz fan. What's so fascinating about the NBA? There's not a runaway team just yet in the East. You have the Celtics at twelve and three, and the Milwaukee Bucks eleven and three. It certainly looks with eight straight wins that the Boston Celtics are built to win this year, having come up just short last year. Uh, what do you think about the Boston Celtics? They want to they get back in the NBA Finals, I think, and so they're going to not take any chances. A lot of teams try to turn it on towards the end of the season to make the playoffs, but I think they want to just give it all they can have this season to get back in the Finals, and they know that they can't mess around. They're a team that stays together when they win, and they need to start winning. And so they're kind of blowing up teams. They just beat the, the Hawks by over 20 points. Um, they understand the, the level of play that's in the league this year and that there's going to be teams like the Bucks or, or Atlanta that come up big. Um, I do think it's interesting, though, kind of looking around the league, that Cleveland is starting to slip a little bit. Is that kind of how you see things? Well, you know, we can look at this two for ways four. for Cleveland, right? Um Number one, we want Donovan Mitchell to succeed. They're still eight and six. It's not a bad record. A five-game losing streak right now, though. But one thing that, and I think Donovan's been hurt. Um, One thing we saw before he got hurt in three straight games, I think this was Lakers, Clippers, Sacramento, Golden State, or somewhere along the line. Down the stretch, he didn't deliver. And his shooting still is, it's, it's suspect. It's, it's not like he is nailing 50% of his shots or 55% of his shots. He is who he is, a tremendous athlete, a real hard competitor, an energy guy, a scorer. However, is he ultimately a winner? I hope he proves that he is. The Cavaliers are a team that's built to win with an all-star in Darius Garland, uh, an all-star in, um, uh, who's the center, in, Jer- in um, uh, Jared, Jared Allen. Mobley. So Mobley, a rookie last year. Just So let's see. I, I do think that Cleveland, we need to watch out. And you need to put Donovan's emotions in check. We saw them for five, six years. We saw the highs and the lows. And let me tell you, the lows are, are a challenge. So in answer to your question, I think we need to really continue to look at the Cavaliers uh, and what, who they really are and, and will Donovan be good or just a great individual player? Good team player or a great individual player? Yeah, I hope he succeeds. Um, he, he definitely has the ability to – he has a lot of potential. I just hope he can stay focused. It's um, – it's an interesting start to the season. I, I guess we could talk about how you feel about that. It, it's funny because if you look at the the four teams in California, you got the Warriors returning champs. You got the Lakers with with LeBron. You got you got um, the Clippers with George and and Leonard. 
But the best team in California right now are the Kings, which is kind of shocking. They're sitting at the eighth seed in the West. And that is kind of telling of, of this season so far um, with all these expected teams to be great and then all these unsuspected teams that weren't supposed to be good are actually performing well at the beginning of the season. Yeah, you look at the Kings, who their most recent victory was against the Brooklyn Nets, and boy, that could be a podcast yeah. in and of itself. The Brooklyn Nets, and many people have pontificated on the Nets uh, and what is happening to that team right now. But the Kings beat the Nets in their last game. Final score uh, was a whopping 153-121. to 121. Not a lot of defense played in that game. But you had a really balanced scoring attack from the Kings with Harrison Barnes at 16, Sabonis at 17, Kevin Erder at 19, Darren Fox at 14, and then you had Terrence Davis scoring 31 points. Um, great stat to say around the water cooler with your coworkers or text your friends and family that the Kings, Spencer, as you pointed out, have the best record of all the California teams, which include Lakers, Clippers, and Warriors. Who would have ever have thought that? And yes, teams that seem to be destined this year to lose are winning more than they they generally should. Um, I don't want to be too loud with that because we're one of those teams, and I want to say that ours is not a fluke. But when you look at an OKC at seven and eight, or the Spurs at six and nine or the Kings who we just talked about at 7-6, and six. they're not in the echelon of the Jazz who have 10 wins and 6 losses. But it is an interesting season for that fact. Great. Yeah, let's end with uh, talking about the upcoming game. Um, the Warriors just lost to the Suns, who are playing now, on Friday tomorrow. And Curry had 50 points in that loss, so he's still playing well. It's interesting because it seems like the face of the NBA is kind of shifting. You have LeBron, you have Curry, and you have Durant, who have been the face of the NBA, but now their teams aren't sitting in, in the top of the league and other teams are coming up and other players representing the league. But I don't think um, Chris Paul played last night. No, against... no, he did not. He has an injury or an illness. And so they so they still won. Is he playing tomorrow against us? What Do you know anything about I that? haven't checked the wire yet just on his health. Um, if he does, he'll come out the same, yeah. the same way that... Jalen Brunson now is kind of taking his place as the Jazz point guard killer. Um, but the, the Suns, again, we talked just for a moment about the Boston Celtics. They're built to win and win now, and the Suns are the same. Celtics got to the finals last year. The Suns got to the final the year before. Um, Devin Booker, just a great player. Campaign playing really well. Mikael Bridges, the same. This team goes out and beats the Golden State Warriors without Chris Paul. Yeah, Chris Paul to that mix, and they're just a really, really good team. The Warriors, as you made mention, Steph Curry scored 50 points, and they still lost. Um, I don't have a lot to go on because I haven't seen the Warriors play that much this season, but in watching the Suns, they are back to uh, the strength that they were when they made an NBA Finals run. I'm sure they can turn it together. They're, they're a hard team to handle when, when they want to show up, but... I think the Jazz have a shot tomorrow. Um, we're home, right? So At home. We're rested. We're ready to play. Yeah. And, and I think we kind of figured out. I, I would say the reason why the Jazz haven't been at the level that they were at the beginning of the season is mainly because teams are starting to realize that if you just guard close up on the Jazz, like Clarkson and, and Conley and Sexton, if you don't give us space, then we won't play well. And that's kind of been 
the realization of these teams is let's just let's just not give these players space and they'll make the mistakes on their own. And so just just stand dad, where do you think what do you think are the two highlighted players in the Jazz right now that you are saying are playing to their best abilities? Well, Larry Markinen has been fantastic. The last two or three games maybe not a bright shining star, but you got to give it to him and um, and Clarkson just in his starting role has been really, really good, albeit the last two or three games have been rough for him as well. You can go on down the line. Taylor Horton Tucker provides a big spark and always has some type of a crazy play each game. The young bull in um, Colin Sexton, a lot of hustle, really struggled the other night, though. Let's see what happens against Phoenix. I'll end with this comment that I thought was funny, as Kelly Olenek had really a really nice game, 20 points, 20, 24 points, 11 rebounds the other night, kept us in the game against the Knicks. He said, everybody says how beautiful Utah is. He says, I wouldn't know. I haven't seen it yet. Hmm. And that just is really a macro view of what has happened to the Jazz. They've been on the road. They haven't been in their own beds. Uh, Now they have been for 48 hours. They didn't practice today. They'll go to shoot around tomorrow before the game. I think fresh legs are going to make a difference. And so I'm saying the Jazz beat the Suns tomorrow night. I agree, and I'd like to say give a shout-out to uh, Walker Kessler for his uh, great minutes when he's in, his hustle, and his ability to to um, exceed what we need from him as a rookie. He is getting rebounds, and he's blocking shots, and he's making his presence, which is big for somebody that's just coming into the league. Still has um, potential to, to, to be better, and, and, I, and I definitely see him reach that potential throughout this season. And, and and becoming a, a real big asset for us. War Eagle, the cry of the Auburn Tigers and Walker Kessler. All right, well, thank you for uh, another great conversation, Dad. All right, thanks, Spencer.